there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Okay, so let's start off by saying that we are recording this outside. Uh, in the elements. The elements. Not in the elements, not nude. But oh, in yeah, the, you're right. But outside. We could be. You don't know. Our cameras are off. I don't think that's the, the proper term right now that I said it, but whatever. <laughs> But uh, there's also a man on a microphone. There's someone using a jackhammer. But uh, I hope you don't hear this right now. But whatever. We're, we're, we're trying our best. Uh, Amelia, we're covering a movie that I like a lot, um, but deals a lot with music and also about acting. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start off the episode by asking you what... Uh, Oh, God, I got to edit this part out because I fucked up. <laughs> we also took a shot of tequila before we started. So. But I wanted to ask you, like, what resonated with you in terms of, like, auditioning and, like, the process of, like, trying to get a part in an acting role? Like, what stood out to you the most in this movie? Um, <clears throat> well, I started off my acting attempt or acting attempt at an acting career, like, right out of high school. I met an agent that my godfather had for a few years and he asked me to go in for an audition and he signed me right away which is like i'm so sorry i can see i can hear the audio from your computer you want to mute it real quick really i think it's i think it's muted okay Mine yeah it's too. muted okay sorry um anyway before i was rudely interrupted <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> Just over here spilling my guts out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so he, I got signed on uh, under this agent, which uh, my godfather told me is not very common. Um, but he sent me out to a lot of auditions for commercials. And by this time, I took a bunch of acting classes and a bunch of uh, writing courses and I was trained like kind of by professionals to act and I was getting sent to uh, to auditions that lasted like five to 10 seconds. And I wasn't getting a lot of roles during that time. And because of that, what this agent was doing was he was prioritizing people that were getting auditions so uh, like the less auditions i was the less auditions i was being sent out to the more i realized that it was because i wasn't getting booked a lot so i would hit him up and ask him like oh like can i get an audition soon and usually his response was like oh are you heading out of like town or something and i was like no it's just it's been a while and i would get like one audition and then I kind of got more involved in like work mm. over auditions. And then I did get one commercial that didn't air, but I did get paid for that. But I kind of was getting more um, bothered and annoyed because the main reason why they send you out on commercial auditions is because that's how you make the most money. You also did a, you did a game show too, right? I did do a game show, yeah. Did um, you win? 
No, we didn't win. No, <laughs> was it team based or did it, you? Yeah, it was like uh, it was like trivia based, oh, okay. kind of like Family Feud, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, but no, we didn't. We didn't win anything, unfortunately. Um, that was not through my agent though. That was like through a friend. Like a, my friend had a connection and he wanted to do the show, so we hopped on, and we looked really stupid. <laughs> we got a lot of those answers wrong. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I ended up dropping my agent cause I just kind of got sick of doing auditions. Uh, it was a lot of like nose, yeah. which is normal. It kind of does get you like kind of jaded. Sure. Yeah. Um, so then I, so then like I took a few years off and I met some people that are trying to get in the industry and they do it through writing on their own. And trying to create their own projects. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just do that. So I just kind of picked up writing. Um, I only have like one finished like screenplay. But everything else is like in, in the works. And I do have a friend who has a connection. And he, he has like someone who wants to produce something that he wrote. And we're thinking of putting me uh, putting me in a role in that. But we have to wait for the strike to end. Right, yeah. But like that gives us more time to just uh, work on it and fine tune it. And then once the strike is over, mm-hmm. we can try to like put it out there. So you're officially saying that you're not a scab, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I support the union. Okay, unless someone's willing to pay a lot of money to me, then okay. I'll. Okay. Gonna I'll... have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was watching this and I know this movie, and um, I've always resonated. So obviously, we're doing a fucking podcast about Ryan Gosling. I resonated with Ryan Gosling, but I was thinking also, like, I'm sure Emilio has gone through similar like auditions that have been really shitty and have sucked, just like the main character uh, Mia goes through. Um, so I was thinking, this is our first episode of literally her. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did resonate with her uh, character a lot. I did go to one audition one time that my agent kind of just threw at me like the night before. And I had to memorize a Shakespeare monologue. Mm -hmm. And I respect Shakespeare as a writer. I think he's a fantastic writer. Um, I do enjoy his work, but I just hate reading it. I've studied it for a while actually. And I just, I just can't stand reading it. I really can't. And so I had to memorize this monologue and I, I barely had it memorized. I had to use my phone the whole time. And because I didn't properly memorize it, I couldn't get into all the little intricate things that make it like, like Shakespeare. And like that makes it connect with me as an actor to the words. So I pretty much bombed this audition and Um, it was like a group of three people that were casting and they asked me, Oh, like if you're not going to be an actor, like what else do you want to do? And I was like, Oh, well I was, I was like 19 at the time. And I was like, I was saying maybe like teaching and they're like, Oh yeah, we need teachers out there. And I was like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) just no regard for the fact that I'm auditioning. They're like, yeah, you should probably pick up teaching. (laughs) That's funny because I'm a teacher. Yeah. There you go. Full circle. <laughs> it's so funny making jokes and we have guests now because like whenever I eat shit making a joke, it's just you and it's, uh-huh. it still sucks. But now it's two other people and I feel like 
even worse. <laughs> like I'm yeah. wasting their time. <laughs> well, let's introduce our guest. All right. So we have two guests here for this episode. And uh, our first guest is a person we've been friends with for a long time. How long have you been friends with this person that I'm pointing at? Um, I want to say since seventh grade, seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade. And I've been friends with this person since fifth grade. Yeah. We're in the backyard where we first hung out outside of school. That's crazy. That's right. Our yeah. F- our, our first of two guests is Alex. You want to say hi, Alex? I'm Alex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, our second guest is a person, is the infamous Garo, who I've been talking about. Um, she is a PA. She's smart. She's the person I go to whenever I have a weird lump on my body. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Garolina, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here, and I'm a PA student. Not a PA just yet, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. How often does Joseph come to you with weird bumps on his body? I mean, honestly, I see them before he even brings them up. So <laughs> <laughs> I have like full surveillance pretty often. Don't, don't undersell yourself. You're definitely the smartest person at this table, I would say. I'm about to start crying on this. <laughs> well, I just want to start off by uh, giving you guys a general question about the movie. Um, musicals. What are your personal stances on musicals? Do you like them? Have you seen them before? Which ones do you like? Uh, if they're good scores and good choreography, and if I could like resonate or like relate to some of the characters, then yeah, absolutely love them. I was actually I brought this up first yesterday when we were watching the movie. Um, they bug me. They just oh, wow. I haven't seen one musical that I've enjoyed. So for this movie specifically, I I thought the the musical portion of it was corny, but I really appreciated the plot and the characters. Um, but I can strongly say I'm not a musical person. That's fair enough. Same question to you, Emilio. I I love musicals, honestly. I was very closeted about saying that. Um, cause obviously, you know, growing up as a kid or as a male boy, um, saying that you like musicals would like people would, you know, call you certain names and right. Um, but I do like, I like, like, I love the hunchback of Notre Dame, like the Disney ones. Like, yeah, that's a very, I'm sorry. That's a very funny first musical to bring up hunchback of Notre Dame. It's, it's so good. It is a musical, right? They yeah, sing a lot. Yeah, they yeah. sing a lot in that movie. For some, um, there's a lot of movies that I see that are musicals that like, I forget they sing in them. Mm-hmm. Like for example, uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. Oh yeah. That's a musical. Like I remember growing up my, oh, Tenacious, oh, yeah, Tenacious D. Yeah. And, um, like I remember growing up and like skipping over the songs and then growing up. And then when I saw it later, I was like, Oh wait, the songs are like probably the most complicated part to put together. <laughs> I'm just yeah. skipping them. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into our movie. We're covering La La Land today. Um, directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, goat came out in 2016. And the biggest controversy is that this was nominated for best picture and won a lot of other nominate of other things it was nominated for. And surprise, surprise, it looks like they won 
Well, mm-hmm. then fucking suddenly someone switched up the cards and it was actually Moonlight, that one best picture that year. Do you remember seeing that, Emilio? Yeah. Um, I was genuinely surprised. I didn't see Moonlight, actually. So I couldn't, like, I didn't really have, like, an opinion of, like, oh, like, obviously La La Land should have won. Um, I did watch Moonlight, though, and that was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I do think they deserve that best picture um, win. But, like, I also heard that, you know, with the Oscars, uh, every year the viewership goes down. Yeah. And they think of, like, different ways to grab, like, attention. And I always had this thought in the back of my mind, like, that 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 was planned. But, obviously, the whole cast and crew of La La Land wasn't in on it. Because um, you can tell there's, like, some genuine reactions yeah. of, like, like my Ryan Gosling thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he was the only one. You can see him like laughing in the background, but um, that that was uh, in the moment it was pretty pretty surprising. I like Moonlight a lot. I I have trouble comparing both movies, but when Moonlight won, I was very happy about that. I want to ask our two guests, Scuttle, first. What do you think between the two movies? Which one would you? would rather win best picture i don't think it's fair to give an opinion because i haven't seen moonlight in since it came out um and i just saw la la land last night again um but from what i remember i would say moonlight i just remember being moved in a different way um that could just be personal opinion on musicals fair enough uh so i remember watching the oscars and I, I remember seeing La La Land just knocking it out of the park, just like award after award after award, and then fin- came to like best picture. And then, like everybody was saying, everybody was expecting La La Land to take it, but then Moonlight came out of the field. I was like, ah, oh, I guess I have to watch that movie. I never ended up watching it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, get, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So I. It, must be good. <laughs> That's fair enough. All right, Emilio, do you got a synopsis ready for us? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> Let's see. Sebastian, played by Ryan Gosling, and Mia, played by Emma Stone, are drawn together by their common desire to do what they love. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair. And the dreams they worked so hard to maintain in each other threatened to rip them apart oh my god all right pretty dramatic (laughs) so (laughs) we open up on the okay so this movie can be broken up into different seasons because they do that for us they break it up into Mm -hmm. seasons and the first season is winter when we're introduced to them um i want to just talk about generally the opening scene when they're uh the first dance number starts and they're in gridlock los angeles um i want to start with alex alex what do you remember about this first scene what were your initial thoughts? What do you like about it? Uh, I like the use of uh, colors because it, it shows how like uh, like how uh, bright and hopeful and like even the song was like it, it definitely brought up this uh, fan like it started like fantasizing about what Los Angeles like people's per- perception of Los Angeles might be. But then like as soon as like the music's done. Like everybody just goes back in their cars and starts honking and chills the realization of it. So it's a it's a great uh, contrast between fantasy and reality. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot too. All the especially I really like I wrote down that I really like the um the costume design, the bright colors, but everyone's wearing like subtle like the colors are bright, but they're wearing like average clothing and it's really cool. Um and then we're introduced to uh Mia, who is auditioning for a play reading lines in her car. And then we have Sebastian, who's obsessed with jazz and listening to jazz in his car. I want to ask, Carol, uh, what is your perception of Ryan Gosling in this first scene? Like, how do you see his character and his acting? What are your like general thoughts about him when they're first introduced? I tend to see all of Ryan Gosling's um, roles kind of similarly. And that's a good thing. He has this way about him that I appreciate, just kind of like aloof and I, I i think he brings that to everything i don't know if that's his own personality shining through or um if that's his like the persona he's putting on but uh, i appreciated it he has he has this way about him i can't really pinpoint but i thought it was funny and i wouldn't want to be friends with him if that whoa. makes sense whoa <laughs> wait why not <laughs> you mean know. like his character or like yeah. just him as a person well i don't know it's either his character, what he plays, or who he really is. <laughs> I, I will say, like, when you're first introduced to him, like, yeah, because he, like, immediately cuts off, uh, what's her face? Mia, yeah. And, like, even she's, like, pissed off about it and, like, flips him off and he just gives, like, a, like, look at her. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, yeah, so I, I, I could see that. Thank you. Well, she, well you got to keep moving. You can't just hold up traffic like that. <laughs> okay. Well, then I got a question for Kato. If I flipped you off in traffic, <laughs> Would you still go out on a first date with me? Oh, man. I mean, I think you'd be able to convince me to go out with you anyway. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Is that? Could it pass me? Is that something that you would never forget, though? Oh, of course. <laughs> that might actually serve you, like, in a good way. <laughs> It is, but that is a good point you bring up because they flip each other off. That's their very first interaction. Yeah. And then when they see each other at the bar that Ryan Gosling plays at, she doesn't remember him at all. And I remember everyone's face who's ever flipped me off in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's established that they don't remember each other. I was wondering about that. Actually, I'm not 100% sure. They do, I do. I think sure. they do remember each other. They remember each other from yeah, the trash. She, she chooses like not to interact with him. It's just unspoken, him. I guess. Yeah. So we uh, cut from here. Um, Mia is going off to some party with her friends. And this is when we have our second dance number. It's I called Someone in the Crowd. Number. That uh, dance number is so good. Tell me, Emilio, what do you like so much about this uh, dance number? Um, so it kind of like reminds me of how... Uh, Broadway shows kind of start where it's like a single space, which is the entire, well, the first half of the choreography and the set design is at um, her and her roommate's apartment. So they're kind of like going throughout the house and eventually they all get dressed to go to this party and it's like a huge dance number. Like you have people jumping off of balconies into like the pool and everybody like there's like just, I think maybe 20 to 30 people dancing on the dance floor and then just how they kind of transition that to like that one single shot of Mia in the bathroom. I think she's in the bathroom yeah, yeah. and she's like uh, doing her small solo and then just boom, like cuts right back to the crowd. Like just like huge dance sequences that you would normally see like on Broadway. 
Yeah. Um, I, I eat that shit up. I love that shit. Yeah. It's so good. It's definitely an homage to like 50s and 60s Hollywood and then mm-hmm. also Broadway shows. Um, but I wanted to ask you, um, how much would you still like the movie with, if when Mia walked into that bathroom, if she did like a big bump of cocaine? That would be so realistic. I would appreciate it even more. <laughs> Because everyone in Hollywood does cocaine. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. I'm not even this. in Hollywood and I do cocaine. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm preparing for when I get in. <laughs> it's just practice. <laughs> Although that also reminds me in this scene, there's a bunch of snow falling at one point in the middle of the party. Maybe that's oh, their maybe, secret yeah. it's, the, it's alluding to the cocaine. Sure, the, abundance, the abundance of cocaine being thrown around at that party. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so from here we uh Mia's like having a shitty time at the party. She doesn't like anyone there. She goes off. And then we cut back to Sebastian's point of view. We see that he is a um struggling jazz musician who just got kicked out of a band. He has an older sister who really like cares about him, and he has a shitty job at a restaurant who his boss is uh, JK Simmons, who tells him like to stick to the script, don't play any of his weird jazz music. But of course, uh, Sebastian's like stuck in his own world and he plays his own um, his own like riffs and whatever goes off and he eventually gets in trouble and gets fired from his job. And this is his second encounter with uh, Mia. Um, I wanted to ask Alex, uh, what do you like the most about Sebastian's character in these initial scenes that we see? I would say that uh, like he's just he owns it. That's an Awesome. I would say that's an awesome scene. Like the spotlight's directly on him and the piano, and like it kind of sets up like maybe he's not actually like playing his own stuff. That like he's actually sticking, but in his mind he's going off. But then in reality, yeah, he actually is, and then does end up getting fired from his job. I will say I like him in the scene because like yeah, he's he's you could tell that he's already fed up with his job and fed up with uh, doing what. It, everybody's telling him to do so he just goes off and does his thing no matter the consequences and this is also where we first hear his uh i believe it is the first time we hear the opening riff to uh sebastian and mia's theme song Mm -hmm. um city of stars and i fucking love this song so much that piano riff is so fucking badass um yeah (laughs) <laughs> i just want to say that uh, in general uh Garo, what do you think about the music in this in this movie um what did you say the name was of the their song that's, well, that's the city of stars is the the solo song that uh sebastian does so the piano and the piano riff is in that song but it's also in uh me and sebastian's theme oh okay which well, is the piano riff specifically i think is very um poignant like it makes me feel a lot and uh i don't know it's just um it just makes you feel like a lot of emotions it just reminded me of how i how i feel when i listen to beach house (laughs) like (laughs) no matter what uh state i'm in if i listen to that little riff it'll make me sad it'll make me feel something um, pretty deeply, so I I really appreciate that. Actually, it's original, right? I assume. Yeah, yeah. Like awesome. Every, every time that song comes up, or like even the piano comes up, like it just unlocks another core memory, like deep in my mind. That like just lets out significant amount of like 
euphoria and I don't know, I just want that song played at like every significant moment of my life. Yeah, it is like uh there's so many musicals that it feels like they just catch on fire and like people just love it so much. The only other music I mean, there's so many. But the other musical that I remember in like my lifetime being like such a big thing and inescapable was like Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Um on but that's on Broadway. But um yeah, like everyone's playing it, those riffs get stuck in your head and you like people are listening to the soundtrack and uh yeah it's it's really good they did such a good job with the music like they made it really catchy and really like emotional so yeah good for good for damien chazelle man (laughs) um okay so we we move along and now it's springtime and uh mia and sebastian uh bump into each other at a party up in the in the hills of hollywood and uh sebastian's playing in an 80s rock cover band uh Amelia, what's what do you remember most about this scene uh he's wearing a jacket <laughs> he's wearing another uh jacket in that uh in that scene it's like a red and white jacket um i do kind of like how his pessimism kind of shows like in these scenes because he you like i've met a handful of people like in the beer industry and also musicians in general. Like my dad is a perfect example. Like he is very like stubborn and like set in his ways when it comes to music. He's not very open to new stuff. Um, if you try to like teach him something new on like an old technique, he kind of just like refuses to take it in. And like, you can kind of see like that old timey kind of thought process that he has. Like he hates, performing that uh flock of seagulls song he just thinks it's so stupid and even you can tell like when he's doing it like he's being sarcastic like he doesn't want to be there like he'd rather be performing jazz Mm -hmm. and i that that's something that i kind of don't like about his character but it also like makes it helps to show like how passionate he is about just jazz in general um and i think that strikes uh accord in uh, Mia and she you can kind of see her attaching to that fact that he, he knows that he doesn't want to be there so she jokingly says like oh play that song by the flock of seagulls and she's you can tell she's messing with him but she like wants to like like kind of like he she puts him in a haha like, I got you moment and he has to perform it and he knows that he has to perform it and he hates every second of it. I love this scene so much, but the scene after that I love so much is also when they walk to their car and they have their first dance number in the hills of uh, Griffith Park. Uh, mm. I just want to ask uh, uh, Alex, what do you what do you feel about the scene? What do you like the most? How did how did you like like the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? It was phenomenal. I think it was like a uh, well. For, I want to backtrack a little bit. I, I thought it was like really funny how um how the uh, valet dude. Like, all right, which one's yours? Like, she's Mia's like trying to like leave the party and she's asking for her keys and valet. Dude's like, which one's yours? And she says, Oh, it's a Toyota Prius. And he like opens a box and it's literally just filled with Toyota Priuses. Mm-hmm. But I think their dynamic is really cool. Like, later on, it shows Ryan Gosling, like, he parked nowhere near her, but he just like started walking with her anyway and like did a little nice homage to uh, what's that? What's that what other uh, singing, singing in, in the, the rain. rain? Yeah, singing in the rain. And oh man, I thought that was. Yeah, I thought every bit of that scene was cool. You tell that they're like playing around with each other, but they still have like something clicking, something going on. 
Yeah, and uh, Garo, same question. Uh, you're someone who loves to dance. Would you want to do a dance like this? Would I want to do a dance like this? I don't know if this style of dance is the dance I would like to be good at, but if we're going to do it together, yeah, I would like to learn a little number and perform it at Griffith Park, <laughs> whatever, if that's where they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually did film that like in a certain bench i think you can like go to it and find it but i did look up that they had to wait out for like hours when the sun like begins to rise and then they would just like shoot it as fast as they can or not as fast as they can but to get like the right um lighting yeah um this movie is such a good la movie too like the Mm -hmm. scenes that they show throughout this movie are not stereotypical like la skylines so they have the Griffith Observatory. They have the um, also they have a scene at the Huntington Library, which even people in L.A. don't even know about. Uh, they have a scene also at the uh, Grand Central Market, Angel's Flight, the Watts Towers. It's so freaking like badass. Like the whoever scouted the locations, they had a really good eye to just show like cool spots in L.A. Um, so, yeah, they have this little interaction and then they eventually have a second date um, well, before that, there's a scene where Sebastian is explaining jazz to Mia. One thing that I do want to point out that is a big critique that people have of the movie is that Sebastian says something along the lines of like, jazz is dying and I'm going to open up like a like a place to save it, essentially. And then everyone always points out that it's a white guy saving jazz music who is historically <laughs> been like about black people. <laughs> like, what do you think about that critique, Emilio? I mean, that's fair. I mean... Um, he definitely has like white savior complex because <laughs> I, I think it's like anyone who's passionate about anything that's going out of style there, they want to be the ones to resurrect it. But, you know, unfortunately Sebastian is a white dude and as much as he does love jazz, I mean, you can't necessarily say like, oh, I'm going to be the one to save it. Because it doesn't really, I mean, jazz is for everybody. You like music belongs to everybody, but I mean, can you be the one to save it? Like, can you be the one to like take years of this genre of music and be like, it's dying, I'm going to save it? Yeah, I don't think it ruins the movie at all. I just think it's a very funny point, and it's yeah. also very fair to bring up. It is very funny. I mean, I get where people are coming from in this scene, but I mean, like, it's not like. He's he's like holding up like uh like Sinatra on a pedestal. He's like I I feel like he's like paying homage to like John Coltrane and like other like old school, really very uh New Orleans style like jazz musicians up in a pedestal instead of like other more Caucasian musicians. Also I wanna mention this is like the way he like explains jazz is how like passionate I feel about like mentioning ska or like describing ska music that's it hey ska also has horns in it there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's fair all right so uh sebastian and mia's uh relationship blossoms they have a really great scene another scene i want to point out is the scene when they end up at the uh 
at the uh, movie theater and they're watching Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. I think Damien Chazelle really captures like the nerves and the excitement you get in a first date. Like that scene where they first hold hands and they're about to kiss, but then the movie cuts off is really like just endearing. And I do root for them. I really do like both characters. And we've covered movies before where I hate the characters in it. <laughs> I don't care about them, but I find myself really caring about both of them throughout. Uh, so, yeah, we see that their relationship continues. They have a cool scene in Griffith Park, the Griffith Observatory. And then we cut to uh, fall. Um, Emilio, what happens? Can you can, do you want to go through what happens to uh, Ryan Gosling or sorry, Sebastian, as he uh, sets off to join this uh, band with this guy named Keith? Uh, well, so Keith, who is played by John Legend, I he's like an old friend of Sebastian's and he wants to like help him out by getting him gigs because I how actually how famous is John Legend's character in this film that's something that I couldn't really like grasp I mean I couldn't tell like how um how big of a musician he is like they pack a, a like a ballroom. It's not like yeah. a stadium that they play at, but and they go on tour and they're on tour. They have an album, so they're pretty big. They're not, I guess, not. Like I guess they're like up and coming, up but they're coming. like hot, hot shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, what do you think of John Legend's performance? It took me to like my uh, <clears throat> my second or third watch to actually realize I was John Legend, but uh, I, I thought it was. Thought it was fucking phenomenal. Was like, um, yeah, played a good musician, and you could tell how like Ryan Gosling, like old like high school friend, but like didn't really want to accept the offer, but knew that he wasn't really going in life anywhere, so he had really no other choice to take this offer. Really, yeah. Um, I also want to ask Otto, what do you feel about John Legend in this movie? You know, I'm not even. I don't listen to his music, so I. I can't make a fair um, judgment on how he is as an actor, but um, I liked the contention between um, Ryan Gosling or Sebastian and John Legend's character. Um, it felt very tense when they first met up. Um, and you can see that John Legend's character has a lot of pull in the industry. So uh, I think he was a good person to, to convey that in this story. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to point out is like that you can tell the more on the more, um, gigs that, uh, Sebastian plays with Keith's band, the more he kind of like begins to self-reflect and he like, this is music he wants to play and, but it's paying like the bills. And I think a lot of musicians and actors, um, they kind of fall into like a, not like a trap, but like you're doing this because you're passionate about it and you love to do it. But now you have something that you're not very passionate about, but it's paying your bills. And it has some some aspect of where it's still in line of what you're passionate about. Yeah. But I think like the more he does it, the more he realizes that this is not the music he wants to play. And it really begins to eat him up to like the point where it kind of begins to spill in like their relationship in Sebastian and Mia's because there's the famous um, the dinner scene where he's back from tour and they're talking about it. And he's ultimately like complaining about the music and he doesn't like it. 
and he doesn't want to do it. And Mia's kind of pushing him to try something else. But uh, Sebastian has this line. I can't remember it specifically. Oh, I got it written down. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're having a big fight, and Mia's bringing up that, like, uh, since, like, she says something to the effect of, since when do you care about making money or, like, being liked by people? Why are you mm-hmm. doing this band? That Why are you in this band that you don't like? And then there, there's, like, a, a lull in their fight, and then Sebastian says, maybe you just liked me when I was on my ass because it made you feel better about your life. Um Gato had an audible gasp when you when she saw the scene. <laughs> What'd you feel about that? That really pissed me off. It's like <laughs> all too common narrative in uh, a lot of relationships where the stronger person, very often the woman, um, is just a scapegoat for the other person's um, insecurities, and she did not deserve that at all. I was very upset. <laughs> He also uh, brings up too. He's like, "What do you mean you don't? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Like attention? Like you're an actress? Like all you want is attention, which is fair. Um, because because you feel that way too. Or? So, <laughs> like as far as like I, I try to talk about this with like somebody who is also trying to get into acting. There is a sense of like this is who I am." Uh, I'm I'm presenting myself out there to the world. Accept me for this, like accept me for who I am. And a lot of actors, you, like any type of artist, you are putting something out, or not even artist, but just like any type of creative, you, you're creating something and you're putting it out there, and you're putting it out there in hopes that people will like it, yeah. and in hopes that people might. Like if if you create like some some type of like to relate it to like like a like a car show like you 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 create this fantastic looking car and you put it out there to hope that people will like it or if like you're an artist or if you're a musician you put these things out there to hope that people will like it and connect to it and to an extent um, acting is you're putting yourself out there especially like auditions, like you're just basically act, asking casting people to pick you, like pick me. Cause I think I can do this. And there is attention seeking to some extent, but that's a very pessimistic and like derogative way to look at it. But when he did say that, I was like, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I want to backtrack real quick. Um, so like we mentioned, there's contention between Keith and, uh, Sebastian. Um, I read a fan theory that supposedly Sebastian and Keith like had sex with each other and that's why they have so much contention with one another. Uh, Alex, what do you feel about that fan theory? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't ever thinking about that. It's, I don't like that thought in my head because now now that's all I'm thinking about. Uh, also, in who, this, who would be the top and who'd be bottom? That, that's that's my thing. I think uh, Ryan's on top. Man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I feel better I mean, with Sebastian's that. Sebastian's on top. Wait. No. Yeah. 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 Sebastian's yeah, on top. Definitely. Also, in the scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the in the part where they have the fight. Uh, Sebastian runs after he says this Mia leaves Sebastian runs into the kitchen and he pulls out 
the fucking hugest pie you've ever seen from the oven. Did you notice how big that pie was? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like comically big. It's like a deep dish. Yeah. It looks like a deep dish. And supposedly that was intentional because uh, in real life they had a dinner party uh, because they were meeting someone who was wor- who worked on Singing in the Rain. And they all brought food and freaking Ryan Gosling brought like a huge fucking pie for like 25 people. So they put that in the movie as like a, as a joke, an inside joke for all of them. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, all right. So I want to just go into like, I guess let's just go into one of the final scenes. So uh, Mia ends up going back home. She's putting on this one woman show that fails. Sebastian's too busy and gets caught up with work. So he misses it. She's a uh, super... Um, she feels horrible because it goes bad. She goes back home. Sebastian ends up getting a phone call that she's wanted for an audition. He brings her back from her hometown to do this audition. And she essentially does a really good job. She does a great, uh, this is a scene where we have a song, uh, the fool who dreams or the fool who dream. And That's it's a about, song. and I love that song. It's about her aunt who is a, uh, she says she's an alcoholic and she died, which is super <laughs> sad, but it's awesome. And then um, they are both just after the audition, they're in Griffith Park again. And they're just wondering like, where are we? They kind of agree. Like we have to give this thing our all, whatever our dream is. And uh, let's just go our separate ways. Uh, so then we cut to winter five years later and Mia is a fucking huge artist. And Sebastian has a successful nightclub. And fucking Mia now has a husband and a kid. I want to hear, from Alex, what was your first emotion? How did you feel when you saw that Mia had like moved on? Uh, it was it was a gut punch, but like that was like kind of like a gut punch. But I mean, I mean, what can you do? You can't like just like live in the past forever like at some point you are going to have to move on and i mean she she was seeing that she was seeing that person like while she was seeing uh sebastian correct me if i'm wrong right was that the same guy that she was dating originally i don't remember if it was the same dude but regardless yeah you're gonna have to like move on especially like both partners are gonna have to like move on so yeah that was kind of like a Gut punch. I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I guess." But the scenes that followed, oh man, it brings me down just thinking about it. Gato, what did you think about that? What was your? Do you remember your initial reaction seeing that Mia has a kid and a husband five years later? I do remember my initial reaction. I was actually really. I thought he was lame. I I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I know I said that I wouldn't want to be friends with Ryan Gosling, but I do think that he's a better fit for Mia. I really liked their um, dynamic. And this new guy, he just seems so vanilla. I don't know. He just he didn't <laughs> do it for me. Um, I was disappointed. They obviously both um, got exactly what they wanted, which was for their careers to flourish in. And ultimately, they're doing like what they always set out to do. And then there's like the scenes where it shows you what it could have been. Yeah, I I also love when um. So yeah, so Mia is back in town. She's obviously not staying in LA for very long. She's just visiting, and her and her husband skip out on their original plans, go out to dinner, and then end up at this random jazz bar 
And lo and behold, it's Seb's place. And she walks in. I love the scene where she walks in and she sees the neon sign. And it's the exact sign that she had envisioned and made for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, her face, Emma Stone is such a great actor. She like she, all the emotion she conveys in that one look is just so fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah uh, Emilio, tell us about the, um, the, that final dance scene. The final scene is it's showing you... Uh, what could have been if me and Sebastian had stayed together. And I guess Mia was ultimately always destined to become a big actress and star in films. But in doing so, Sebastian's character takes a step back and he doesn't get the jazz club he's always wanted. And... I think it shows that like maybe it wasn't the right decision to do that, but it also shows that um, it shows that this was the right thing to do for both of them to get what they wanted, which was they're going to be, she's going to be a big Hollywood actress. And then he's going to be able to have his uh, jazz club doing what he wanted to do. I also noticed that too, that like so many people always like point out, the uh, final scene of like, I wish that was the reality of that song, but Sebastian doesn't get shit. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, uh, maybe they insinuate that he opens up his own club, but he doesn't like really get anything. Yeah. It becomes like, it looks like he just kind of becomes like a stay at home dad. Uh, I want to ask Alex, what would you prefer to be the reality that Mia and Sebastian get together or that they continue their lives separately? Uh, I think everybody initially wanted Sebastian and Mia to be together. But I mean, like, it, yeah, it, one would have uh, succeeded with the other one, like, not failing, but, like, not going to their full potential. So, ultimately, like, them separating was, like, better for both of their own interests. What about you, Carol? You know, I'm a big proponent of love. I think that. Uh, in the right circumstance that two people can flourish uh, together more than they can apart. Um, But I guess I'm just going off of our relationship. So I can see how it doesn't always work out that way. It's more likely than not that um, some people should just um, kind of go their their own way. So I guess it was good for the story that they didn't end up together because they wouldn't have fully realized um, their dreams. I do want to add on and say that. So when I saw this movie, this is when I was kind of still hanging out with my first ex-girlfriend here and there. And she also really likes Ryan Gosling. So we, we really wanted to go see this movie. So we went to go see it. But at this at this point, we weren't even like together anymore. Like we, I don't even think we were really friends at this point. And, and then we watched the ending, and then we both walk out of there, and we're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> we were just like, "Yeah, it's time to just cut it, cut it loose. <laughs> time to move on." Ryan Gosling would be the ender of relationship because <laughs> I mean, it's all it is a ultimately like. The film shows that, like, yeah, there's true love, but that they both go their separate ways and they end up doing exactly what they set out to do. Yeah. 
it is super bittersweet. Like they, yeah. uh, the ending is really nice too. It's uh, so we cut back to reality. We cut away from this song, and then we see Sebastian has finished playing his song, and Mia's walking out with her husband. And then uh, she pauses for a second, looks back, and they exchange a glance, and they don't say anything to each other, but they just smile. And just the recognition of like, hey, we fucking did it. Like we said, we said we did what we said we were going to do. We fucking did it. Fucking did it, Let's bro. fucking go, Mia. Fucking like fist bumps through real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I will say like right before that scene, though, um, I'll say Sebastian's like walking into his club. But on the side, like he before he cuts the corner into his club on the wall was a giant poster of Mia and like very reminiscent of the. uh like there's like a like color panels like right on that billboard and all of those colors were in the same like song and dance sequence in the first two songs of this movie like circling everything back and i guess like showing that like maybe sometimes fantasy can be like reality i don't know that's kind of like what i took from that yeah that's really cool that's a cool detail i never noticed before um so yeah uh that's the end of the movie and we're almost at the end of our podcast, so let's get to our final thing. So um, I want to start with Alex. Alex, since you are our guest, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to give like a final summary of your thoughts on this movie and then give it a score uh, one to five. Uh, I mean, yeah, being L.A. native and like having like my fair share of like heartbreaks in downtown L.A. and some of those like set pieces like i can't help but like not fall in love with this movie i mean you also play a lot of jazz too oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like yeah phenomenal like i don't know it's it's just such a good movie to um relate to and like i just couldn't help but like fall in love with this movie and i think the first time i saw this movie i was in i was in north carolina i was in the barracks I I didn't like really bother like watching this movie until my we were having a movie night with my friends, and by the time the credits were rolling, I was tears rolling down my face. I was like, "Man, you fucking bullshit, man! I fucking hate it." And it was just like it, it like triggered like core memories that I had that I didn't realize that I had. And yeah, it's phenomenal movie. I, I'd give it a solid five. Nice. All right, Gato, give us a final summary of your feelings about the movie and then give us a one out of five score. So there were a lot of themes that I appreciated. um, But one big takeaway for me actually is that creators, there's a lot of sacrifice in creating. Uh, If you're catering to anybody but yourself, there's going to be some level of sacrifice. And that makes me appreciate um, artists and creators that much more um so i don't mean to be a contrarian saying that i don't like musicals (laughs) um just because i personally don't resonate with them doesn't mean that artistically they don't land where they need to and that they're not you know um that doesn't take a lot of art and skill to to create a musical um but on personal my personal preference i would rate it a 3.5 very respectable all right emilio final summary and your score um i love the music 
I love the set pieces. Obviously, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and all the other uh, background singers and background dancers do a phenomenal job. Uh, Justin Horowitz, who composes it, this is a great, um, great piece of cinematic music. I think this movie could have easily been like a melodrama, and I think it would have done well. But the music really ties it in. And when I rewatched it, I was very like nostalgic. And like how Alex said, like it reminded him a lot of like past relationships and stuff. It definitely reminded me about past relationships. And I wanted to turn off the movie. I think for me, what I resonated with the most is that feeling that you have towards somebody and you want to see them succeed but just things aren't working out as when you're connected and you have to break away. And sometimes like it's really hard, but it can ultimately end up better or it could have ended up worse. Like Sebastian could have been a fucking heroin addict for all I know. Strung out That's another Hollywood. thing you don't tackle. A lot of jazz <laughs> artists are heroin addicts. They didn't. <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah, a, yeah lot of, they are. a lot of jazz artists are. You well, so back sad. in the day were... Heroin addicts, yeah. Heroin, that's a downer. Yeah. Jazz is a downer. <laughs> <laughs> What's your final score? Um, I definitely give it a five out of five. It's a fantastic movie. I fucking love this movie too. I think it's so great. I always get so captivated by it. Everyone is doing such a great job. All the set pieces are really cool. I always appreciate a good LA movie being from LA. Um, Ryan Gosling's so freaking cool. Yeah. I love his singing. I love his dancing. Emma Stone is so freaking cool. She's doing such a great job singing and dancing too. Yeah, man. This movie's fucking awesome. I love this movie so much. I'm going to give this a five out of five. All right. Our next bit of business in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling movies, rating them from an S all the way down to an F being the worst. Where would you place La La Land? F. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> S. <laughs> S. S is a uh, like like yeah. superior, I, I guess. Yeah, above A. So yeah. I don't know if it originated here, but in Japan, in uh, in school, in schools, you can get an S uh, grade, which is like top tier. You do to above and beyond. Yes, I guess so. Yeah, like yeah. superb. Yeah, like I, I, if you replace uh, Ryan Gosling in. Uh, and uh, Emma Stone's character, it, it wouldn't have been, I feel like it wouldn't have been as well. Like, those characters were meant for those spots. All right, Gato, where are you going to place this movie from S to F? So am I following the uh, regular alphabet? So it's either S or F or anything I like in how she's so cut up. <laughs> I'm just a little confused. From yeah. S, yeah, S, A, B, C, oh, yeah, F it. being the worst. Yeah, sorry. Got it, got it. Okay, um... A minus. Damn. Why? Um, I really like Ryan Gosling. I think he's very charismatic. He's funny without trying, but I don't see that he has so much range as an actor. I just think every role that he ends up in. How do we uh, delete a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have come on here to a Ryan Gosling <laughs> podcast. All right, I'll change it to an A. How about a flat A, not A minus? No, 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 no. You can like, you can no. Actually, like, let's get into that a little bit. 
he's coming for me. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I because I I do hear that um, critique a lot about Ryan Gosling is that especially like Drive, the place beyond the pines, Gangster Squad. He is a little bit more of like a monotone kind of stoic person. Um, do you do you? What was that? Like strong silent type. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you get that vibe from him in this movie, or just like how his? Because I, I remember you said earlier that some parts of him kind of shine through. So do you kind of see like that and that kind of doesn't give you that idea of like he has like much range in this movie? Yeah. Um, the way you described him as kind of like this monotone, that that's what I see. But I do see that he injects humor into some of his roles too. And he does a good job of that when he when he's called to do it. So I think that this was a more lighthearted version of that um, just, I guess, aspect of him. But I just, I see it come out in um, all of his roles that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say that, like, I don't appreciate that in an actor. um, But I think some actors uh, are kind of known for who they are like maybe off the screen and what they bring to their roles rather than being considered very versatile, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right, then, Emilio, I pose the question to you. S to to F rank, where do you put in this movie? I would put it um, in the A tier. It's uh, He's fantastic in it, but I do agree with um caro in some aspect where it kind of does reflect like you see him yeah i don't necessarily see obviously he's playing a character named sebastian but i i see uh the oh man what's the word i'm thinking of i see ryan gosling Mm -hmm. and i see a passionate ryan gosling talking about jazz yeah, and it's fantastic, and he sings very well. He's a fantastic singer, fantastic dancer. Um, but I do. This is like one of those movies where I see Ryan Gosling. Sure, uh, I totally agree too, and and uh, I think it's a very uh, honest and fair take. But it's also really funny because this is one of the movies where he's doing so much shit too. Mm-hmm. Like he is playing himself, the typical Ryan Gosling character of this cool, smooth, like jerk. But he's also fucking singing and he's doing so good and he's dancing. He's playing the piano himself. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great movie in his in his uh in his whole uh pantheon of movies. So I'm gonna give this an S. I really like this movie. It's one I always go back to and check out every so often. So yeah, an S. Okay. Very last thing. The mission statement of this podcast. Are we literally him? Are you literally Sebastian, Alex? Absolutely. But with Ska. all right are you literally sebastian no i think i'm a little i have a little bit more tact (laughs) but less talent so no no what about you emilio um i am pretty passionate about film and acting and just talking about anything in that realm i do get pretty heated um i relate to him a lot in that aspect i can be pretty uh hard-headed and can say like i think this film's really good and like someone can 
give me a critique and I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> I still think this film's really good. I'm not going to say that they're wrong. I'm just not going to agree with them. Um, as a someone trying to get in the industry, if I did get a role that I didn't really like, but it was paying my bills, I wouldn't do it for a while. So I think I am literally him. Nice. Um, I'm also literally him. I think that I'm a person who wants to like chase their dreams, but at the same time can get bogged down mm-hmm. um, and then end up doing things that are just for money. Like for teaching, I, I really want to do this. Uh, no, not that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Um, <laughs> I just think like on the road to like being successful or like doing what you want to do, you have to end up doing a bunch of shit you don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, I had a job before this that shall not be named uh, that I fucking hated and I hated being there, but I needed it for the money. And sometimes you just got to do stuff like that. You got to put your your dreams and hopes aside so that you can just make some goddamn money. And also, you know, the arrogance that he puts out, um, uh, his talent. I'm not very talented in terms of like singing or dancing or whatever, but I do see myself in this character a lot. So I am literally him. I can also sing and dance too. So, Oh, you can also sing and dance? Yeah, I took uh, movement classes, dance classes. I had to perform three choreographed dances, uh, two for a class, which were like jazz-based, actually, which is kind of ironic. And I did take uh, voice and singing classes for two years. Nice. Yeah. We gotta get I you, loved it. We got to get you to sing the theme song, then. I don't know why I say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound better. Us, Yours just sounds better. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I want to thank our guest for being here, our very first guest. Thank you, Alex. Alex, is there any last thoughts you want to say? Anything? Uh, just doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Kato as well. Kato, is there any last thing you want to say? Um, thank you so much for having me. And again, I, I want to say I'm not here to <laughs> disparage you. <laughs> Your guys' mission. Ryan Gosling is a very comforting character. <laughs> um, thank you. But you guys should stop. <laughs> yeah, I have the first woman on the show. We made her deeply uncomfortable. Great. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>